Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the Pineapple Principle Podcast. I'm Sherry Steele, your host, and I'm excited you're joining us. I want to help mentor you to be all Christ has created you to be. Standing firm, suited up in your armor, owning your identity in Christ, or as I say, owning your crown and loving like Jesus. If what you hear encourages, uplifts, and makes you want to dig deeper into your relationship with Jesus, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen and follow us for more encouragement on Instagram at Pineapple Principle. Now for today's show. On today's podcast, we are touching on two subjects, suicide prevention and the dangers of social media. Last December 5th, 2021, Carter Bramseth found himself in a scary situation and he reacted impulsively and took his own life. Carter's mom, Jamie, is sharing his story with us today. And Jamie and I both pray that our conversation will have you stop and talk to someone immediately if you find yourself wanting to end your life or if you find yourself in a situation on social media where someone is threatening you in any way. Make sure to check the show notes for more information on suicide prevention and cyberbullying. Now for today's show. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the Pineapple Principle Podcast. We are um, very honored to have you with us. Um, and we are um, just, just thankful that you are with us today and you're um, sharing Carter's story with us. So why don't you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit and then tell us um, about Carter. Okay. I'm Jamie Bremseth. Um, I live in central Minnesota. I'm a very kind of rural and farming area. Um, So really small town. The town we live in is like 2000 people or something like that. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's much, it's very, very small and towns around us are like a thousand or 700. So very rural area. Um, I am the mother of three children. Carter is 16. He's who we're talking about today. Um, my middle son is 14 and then my daughter is nine, almost 10. Um, yeah, I am a mental health therapist. So I work with adolescents and, and children in the school setting. Um, I'm married and my husband is, he works for a phone company. So kind of does like internet and phone work. Um, yeah. So Carter, Carter, when Carter died, he was 16. He died in December, December 5th of 21. So about nine months ago, closer to nine and a half months ago, maybe. Um, he was a sophomore in high school. Um, he was very faith-based. Um, my children grew up or all of them grew up Catholic and he, um, attended a private school until ninth grade. So this was only his second year in the public school. Um, he loved his friends. He loved helping people. That was a huge, huge push for him. Um, anytime somebody needed it, he would step in and help. Um, he volunteered a lot. He loved golf. Golf was pretty much his passion. Um, he participated in things like robotics. He helped on the musical, um, kind of like the lighting crew, like the, the, the technical crew. I don't exactly mm-hmm. know what stage ran, crew. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he ran the spotlight. So I don't, I don't really know exactly what he called himself, but, um, and he just really loved being with his friends. He was definitely at the age where he was very focused on friends and not his family, which was expected and understood. We knew that would be happening. Yeah. Um, I guess what I, what I respected and appreciated so much about Carter, not only was he my son, of course, but he, he had really been through a lot of life situations. Um, 
he a lot of health problems when he was 12. He wasn't quite 13, almost 13. But when he was 12, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And so mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time in the hospital and he had brain surgery. Um, thankfully, it was not cancerous, but he did need to have it removed because it was causing some major problems in his life, some um, really serious health issues. And he he just sort of handled it. Like all of the nurses and the doctors, um, you might hear my dogs. I'm sorry. That's okay. All of the nurses and the doctors talked all the time about how respectful he was and how grateful he was and how polite. And he just did it. He didn't have a choice, obviously, but he just handled it. And even as he recovered, everybody, the doctors were incredibly amazed at how well he was able to recover. You know, he just did it. He didn't complain. He really didn't. And as going through something like that, I think really, um, it created a lot of gratitude in his life Mm -hmm. and it, it really, his faith really brought him through that. And so I really respected that about him because he could have, he really could have complained. He had a lot to complain about. He had a lot to complain about. Um, And he didn't, I think I probably complained more than he did, you know, Uh. at one point. And at one point it was kind of funny. I can't remember exactly what I was sort of like frustrated about. And he even said to me, he said, mom, but this is God. This is God doing this, and we have to trust God. Oh, and wow. so it was, he almost kind of like put me in my place a little bit, you know. Um, he was just—he was just a great kid. Very, it makes great. you proud when your kids put you in, and you know, in your mm-hmm. place. Like it's like, okay, I'm, I'm I'm doing my job right. Look, they called Ab- me out. Absolutely, that's yeah. exactly correct. Um, and so he just—he really had a lot going for him. He he knew how to handle conflict. He knew how to handle stress. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't no. know what's going on out there. That's um, okay. And because of my career, I really worked hard trying to educate him, mm-hmm. trying to teach him about things. Uh, I mean, we live in a very rural area. We, we're pretty protected out here from a lot of things that other people have to experience every day. And so I really try to be proactive and educate him about those things. Um, and I, I do really feel like it created so much more gratitude also because he, he understood that his life was, um, he was blessed to have what he had and he was mm-hmm. blessed to who he was, and he really felt that. Um, but he was still a kid and he was still 16. And what we know is, you know, that our brains aren't developed at that point. Right. Um, they developed and that's scary to think about. Um, as a parent who understands the science and the brain science behind it. And so I tried to give him like all the skills I could, you know, teach him everything I could. Right. But at the end of the day, it, there is no guarantee, you know, and that is something that I've had to learn. Um, yeah. Do you want me to start into what yeah, happened? Yeah. You want to talk about what happened? Yeah, I do. Um, so Carter was targeted on social media. Um, he, when he was sick in the hospital, he, I allowed him to get Instagram because I felt bad for him, honestly. And he was just sitting in a hospital bed and, and that was one, something for him to do just to kind of like, he was, he was really into sports, um, not necessarily playing a lot of them, but he liked to follow like the mm-hmm. athlete, um, things like that. And, and once he got more into golf, he definitely was into following those athletes, um, so he just really spent a lot of his time, you know, on games, like 
I don't know, all the sports places, watching interviews of football players and things like that. Um, but then the older he got, about six months before he died, I allowed him to get Snapchat um, because he was he was 16. And in my head, I was teaching him to drive and I was allowing him that privilege. And um, I felt like I needed to give him an opportunity to sort of learn and, mm-hmm. and to manage the world and to kind of we learned through experience. I know that. Yeah. And he needed to learn that. Um, I was really nervous because I really, I really have a hard time with social media. I feel like it can be really hurtful to kids and mm-hmm. especially adolescents. Um, and so, but I, you know, I trusted him. I completely trusted him. I didn't think he would do anything that was dangerous or harm anybody else. Absolutely. I never worried about that, but I did worry about people harming him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in December, the day it happened, December 5th, um, somebody reached out to him on Instagram. They both, this person and him both um, liked, I think it was Sports Center. So she saw him, she saw his name on Sports. She saw him on Sports Center, um, friended him. He accept. I don't know that he accepted it, but he started to like, they messaged back and forth in mm-hmm. the the private messaging. Um, so this was actually Saturday night, December 4th. They started doing that a little bit. He stayed up, did his homework. They kind of talked a little bit, whatever. When he went to bed, everything was normal. Um, December 5th, everything was normal. He, I didn't know at that time that he was kind of talking to her, um, but he was, and he practiced his driving that day. Like everything was really, really normal until about four o'clock that afternoon. Um, this person I think what was happening is they started to kind of like, she was, she was asking him to share pictures of himself and he refused. He said, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm really uncomfortable with that. Like he just, he kept stating that until she wore him down. Um, And then he did, he sent a picture of himself and instantly she, as soon as she got that picture, she started threatening him. Um, she started to, she actually went to his Instagram friend list, I guess, and Mm -hmm. and shot his friends and told Carter that she was going to, either she was going to, or she had already sent this picture to these people. Um, And he completely panicked. He reached out to his friends that she was targeting and asked them, had they sent a picture um, or had they received pictures of him? And all of them said, no. Um, but one person said he thought he did get something because he thought he saw a notification kind of pop up on his phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carter was trying to tell them that somebody's hacked me. This isn't me. I don't know what's going on. They're threatening me, that kind of thing. Um, but he completely panicked at that point. I, My hunch, this is my guess, um, that he thought his friend had already received it. Mm-hmm. And he thought that it was too late. Um, and so that happened about four o'clock. And I know this because I was able to go back on his phone and see the the communication between him and this other person. Um, and by like 10 to five that afternoon. So 50 minutes later, I found him. So it was less than an hour of his life. He had chosen, he decided that he couldn't live, that he had to kill himself. Um, And 
that was it. He just, he completely, he left us a note. Um, he told us exactly what was going on They He called it exposed. They exposed me. I feel like I, I can't be here anymore. Um, I love all of you guys. He left messages to his friends. Um, but he completely panicked. There is no other way to look at that. It was easy for me to see through his conversation with this person that he felt ashamed of himself um, because it was very against his values and very against what he believed was right. Um, and I could read that, you know, his, right. I knew him inside and out. I could read that in his messages. He was very scared. He was very scared um, and very, very sad. And he panicked and he didn't, he didn't do what, what, you know, I wished he would have done, of course, was to tell us that right. we, would him. we would have helped him. Um, and it's scary to me. It's really, really, really scary to me as a mother um, to know that my son who, who was like, he had such a, such a head on his shoulders. Like he, he knew he knew, he knew the dangers of social media. I had lengthy conversations with him about it. Um, and it still could happen to him. Like he could still get sucked into that, that bullying or that, that, I don't know if I call it bullying or if I call it targeting, I call it that he was targeted. Um, the police were able to reach or were able to trace the the IP address and find out that this person was from Nigeria. Oh, wow. Um, and they they, I, I forgot to mention, they started to, um, they th- were threatening him with money or trying to extort money from him. And so I forgot to mention that. That was one of the things that they said, if you send us money, send me money and we won't send the pictures out. So he did that. He sent that money. Um, but then they kept asking for more and they said, just send me 50 bucks more, 75 bucks more. And I, I think he just, he just, didn't think he could keep doing it. And and once I think he believed that the picture was out, that it was too late anyway. And so it didn't matter. Yeah. That's it's, it's hard to believe that people somewhere in another country will target Mm -hmm. a young child. Like he, he was still, he's still a child. He's 16, still a child and that they'll target them for, for money. And, and like you said, in his in his faith and his, the way he felt and he, he panicked, he just, he truly panicked. And we all, like you talked earlier, our brains are not fully even ready when we're at that age. We think our brain is functioning where it's at full capacity, but it's not. And we still have very, at that age, very strong issues with impulse. Yeah. And, and I think learning to uh, maybe remind ourselves of that as, as young teenagers that are, we can't, we've got to wait a minute. This is not right. I can't be this impulsive. And I feel like that's conversations we ha- need to have more of, um, mental health conversations, conversations about maturity and things. And, and to let young people know that, no, your, your brain is not fully functioned. You may think you're smart at this age and you're smarter than your parents or the adults that you're around, your teachers, whatever, but it's not, you're not fully developed yet. You're still, you're still developing, you're still growing. And, um, I, it just breaks my heart that your family, um, had to go through this, um, tragedy and, um, it, it is, it's, it's, it's a crime 
And it was like you said, it really sounded like they just targeted him. And, and, and to me, it's also bullying because they just kept after him for money. And, and that can, people think that it's just doesn't happen with people, you know, that bullies you. It can be strangers bullying you on the internet and wearing you down. Um, As a mom and a mental health therapist, what, what, what's your advice for, for teens for teenagers out there that are on social media and that are may have be faced with this, what, what would you tell them? What would you say to them? One of the main things I would say, um, a couple of things, I guess, but you, you, you kind of brought it up a little bit earlier that it doesn't have to be just people, you know, in fact, there's a, in our area, this has been kind of running rampant. Like there are people, kids being targeted from strangers on the internet. This is not the first Carter's situation definitely blew things up and people have come to me and told me how many of their children have been targeted also. Wow. Obviously they didn't die, you know, they didn't die, but, but their kids are now coming to them and telling them this happened to me. Um, And so I think just that awareness of like people on the internet, like we don't know their intentions. We really don't know their intentions and we don't know who they really are. Um, We might think we know because they seem really nice. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, for the most part, they really, a lot of people are out to hurt kids and I don't understand that part of it. Um, and that's really hard to wrap my head around, but it is true. It is the reality of the world right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I want to say is kind of along the lines of the brain science is when our brain, when we are faced with a really emotional situation, our brain cannot make logical decisions. Mm It just can't. There are parts of, there's two parts of our brain. One is the emotional, the top mm-hmm. level the or the bottom level is emotional. The top level is where we think when our brain is incredibly and so overwhelmed and so scared and so panicked, it cannot make rational decisions. It can't, it's not, it's not scientifically possible. And so that is why it is so important when you are feeling that emotional, when you are feeling that scared, or even if you're feeling really, really happy, Sometimes making decisions when you're in that state isn't the best decision because you're not thinking as, as logically as you maybe had, you may mm-hmm. be in a calmer state. Um, and so I just think it's so important if you're faced with any kind of situation that you're feeling really scared. And if you're physically not in danger, if you physically aren't in danger and somebody's not physically trying to hurt you, go find help. Go to find a trusted adult, whether it's a teacher or a parent or a grandparent or uh, somebody from your church or somebody from school, whomever, find an adult to help you and talk it through. And even if you don't have another adult, um, find a, a trusted friend, you know, somebody to help you logically talk it through um, and get help because there's all, there's always help. The, the only thing that I couldn't help Carter with was his life. He took his life and, and there's nothing I can do to fix that, but everything else I could have fixed, we would have gotten through it. Right. Um, And, and that's what our brains can do when they're that emotional. It makes us make decisions that you wouldn't normally have made because that's Carter wasn't suicidal in the sense that people understand suicide. He wasn't depressed. He wasn't having those thoughts of not wanting to live. But when he was faced with this like mental health crisis, he was faced with this really emotional situation. His brain still went there. His brain still felt like that was his only choice. And those were his emotions driving that. 
when you were talking about our emotions being on the bottom and, you know, logic being on the top in my head, all I could picture was our emotions just getting stronger and stronger and pushing that logic, like blowing it out of the top of your head and it's just gone. And so then we just function off of feelings. And that's something that I talk about a lot is that we can't go off our feelings because our feelings will get us into trouble. We've got to, we've got to learn how to control our feelings because sometimes feelings are great, but then sometimes our feelings will just, they'll ruin our life. They'll take us down the wrong path. Absolutely. The wrong path. And, um, and I am so thankful that you're, um, sharing this and, and being so real and so open and so honest about Carter's story. And hopefully, um, I, I don't, I just know that this is going to help someone else if it that it, it can if it only saves one other life from making an irrational decision then um it, it'll be you sharing your story it'll and i know this was probably not easy for you this is probably the first time you've done this other than with friends and family mm-hmm. um so i appreciate you sharing your story and sharing carter's story cuz i i know that it'll help save it, if it saves one life it is worth it that and right. i And I agree. And I I really believe that this is Carter's legacy. I do think that, I do think, I don't understand why it happened the way it happened, you know? And the only thing I I can believe is that it was God's, God had a reason for this to happen. And I think that it's to help other people. And if that, you're right, I agree with you. If it helps anybody, then, then at least Carter's life meant something more than it, it meant a lot. It meant a lot to us, but I really want it to impact other people too. Um, because I hope people do understand that this can happen to anybody. Like it really can. And it's really, really scary, yeah. but it doesn't mean it has to end the way it did for Carter. Yeah. Carter, it doesn't like when you talked about him, it, this is, I don't know you guys personally, just, you know, through someone through social media is how we met up. You had a friend and I had a friend who knew each other. And, um, I am just, um, you know, that's the love hate relationship I have with social media, but yeah, but I, um, you know, God always takes our ashes and he turns them to beauty. And I know that, um, he's going to take these ashes and he's going to, um, Carter's life is still going to be beautiful because it's going to save others lives. It's going to make an impact. I hope so. That's what I really do hope. Yeah, I believe so. I, I, I really believe that. So, um, do you, you have anything else you want to share with us, Jamie? Um, no, I just really want to impress upon whomever's listening is that help is always there. And if you need it, I'm sure, I'm sure Sherry, you've given them resources and and places to reach out to. I mean, somebody will always help. If you don't find it right away, keep going. You know, I hope, I hope it doesn't take two or three people to, to really help them. But if you, if somebody's not helping you, go find somebody else, go look for somebody else. They will help. Yes, definitely. We, and we will, we always add resources to our show notes. And so we'll definitely have some resources for help, um, in the show notes today. And we're always, um, we're very open with our, um, direct messaging on Instagram. We are on Instagram. And so we're always there to, um, pray with you or to talk to you or help you find help. If you, we can always reach us out, reach out to us too, because that's what we're here for. That's what this ministry is all about. That's so, amazing. 
but I so appreciate you again, sharing your story and sharing Carter's story and um, just want to say thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for asking me to. We hope today's show encouraged you and gave you a few aha moments. Most importantly, have you digging deeper into your relationship with Jesus. Make sure to check out the show notes for any scriptures or books we mentioned. If you love the podcast, please share it with a friend or on Instagram and even tag us. We would love for you to leave a rating where you listen to podcasts. It helps others to find us. We would also love to know who our listeners are, and you can do that by finding us on Instagram or our website, pineappleprinciple.org. Until next time, keep your armor on, own your crown, and love like Jesus.